Well, let's welcome back Coach Taylor. Coach, you have team updates for us. Um, you know, just coming off of a, a tough, a tough, tough uh, week. Um, you know, with Concordia Cobbers, man. You know, they they went two things. And one, they got a really good outfit up there. They do a great job. Uh, I told Coach Ferran after the game. Um, never surprises me how how well coached their teams are, and you know how big they were, and you know how fundamentally sound they were. And then you know, just you know, we got to figure out a couple things, you know, internally, man, on some things that happened up there, you know, the why, you know, the why we busted four coverages, you know, and we haven't done that in the past. You know, that was the first, that was, that was the worst game that we've played yet to date. That and probably Augsburg just didn't show up the way we, that I know we can and the way we have to show up for these next four games. So we just got to get that fixed and, and on to the next one. So, Well, let's talk about the game. Very first, uh, good first half for you guys right there in the contest, but they seem to pull away in the second half. Your, your thoughts on the game itself. Yeah. Um, again, like I said, for us to be for it to be nine points down <clears throat> up there in the homecoming environment, uh, it was a rowdy crowd. You know, we were down twenty three fourteen, and like I said, the first in the first half, we 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 flat out busted a coverage. I mean, we're playing supposed to be playing cover three, and you know, the corner's not back there where he's supposed to be biting on something up close, and you know, just don't know why that is. So, I mean, it'd been interesting to see if that that score at halftime would have been a little bit would would have been you know a little bit more in our favor fourteen fourteen. Um, well, 14, 13, you know, um, I can definitely could have seen that. But anyway, it is what it is. Um, like I said, we have to look. We looked at the tape, and, you know, I'm excited to get out to practice today and really work on some of those concepts that hurt us. Um, like I said, it haven't hurt us in the past, but for whatever reason, man, we played our – we played a – we didn't play a good game. We didn't have a good day. You know, maybe that's just the way it goes sometimes, but that was just disappointing. So, um, so we're working through it, and we'll be fine. Cobbers had a lot of success behind their their quarterback, and and you knew he was going to be quite a handful. He proved to be every bit as challenging as he thought he would be. Yeah, no, he's a good player. I got a chance to speak, spend a little time with him after the game, and he's a junior too. So that kid is, it's just kind of cool. Like I, we talked about this early in the year, the quarterback playing this league is really, really solid this year. And again, another guy that you know he he understood exactly what was going on, you know exactly where the ball needed to go, and he can move well with his feet. Not to get out of trouble. So and he's a t- and he's a, t- he's a tough, thick kid too. So he had a, he had a good day, and you know he, we really didn't expect it to be that kind of a day in the passing game for us defensively. That was just you know uncharacteristic of our guys, and just a little upset about that. So I I know that you were upset about some of the blown coverages in the game, and and it looked like the defense kind of wore down a little bit, but. But they did put up some pretty solid numbers, and we're playing very well in the first half. So, are there some some good takeaways that you have from this defense that you're really excited about what you saw? Yeah, there were some. Yeah, we did some things as far as getting off the field a couple times in third in third down situations um, in the first half, uh, which that's been the tune all all year. So, I mean, the defensive coaches are doing a good job um, from that standpoint. Uh, like I said, man, it was just really uncharacteristic uncharacteristic for us. You know, to really just let guys to cut guys loose in the back end. You know, like and I'm a former DB. I, I, my guys know, and there ha- it happened to a guy, um, Juan Bertar, 24. He was in position to make a play on the ball. Man coverage. Caleb Leaders was in position to make a play on the ball, and they were both touchdowns. Oh well, one was a pass interference, one was a touchdown. I, I can live with that. If we're in position to, if we're in the neighborhood, all right, we can be right there. I mean, I'm thinking the 50-50 balls are going to happen, but when we just flat out cut a guy loose like we did four times on Saturday, like that. That's unacceptable. That can't happen. It can't happen. I mean, we're going to play a good Bethel team that's going to take shots. We got to be in the neighborhood, man. So, I'm, that's why I'm excited to get back out and, and can and work with these dudes. Charlie Wilson uh, re- rebounded, had a nice week for you guys. 
I, I know that you're looking for that second wide receiver out there to kind of augment him, but I, I'm curious. You talked a lot about how Charlie and Alejandro spent a lot of the offseason working out together. I, I wonder at this point if you can find a guy to be that number two guy and be that person who can take some pressure off Charlie. Well, we're going to have to. You know, we're four, we got a lot of football left, four games left in the season. Um, again, now Bethel, I don't see them doubling Charlie like Augsburg did. Um, and a little bit of St. Olaf did, you know, they're going to, they're going to flat out just play their stuff, man, defensively giving up 15 points a game. They're going to play their stuff, but we have to find another guy. You know, Eric Finnan went, you know, had him in the office yesterday. He had a critical drop in the game. You know, Alec Ralph's got to step up. Um, you know, uh, Sam Pachuda's got to step up. I mean, we got a couple, we got guys that are capable. You know, we've got to get the quarterback coached up to, to know when to go to Charlie and when, you know, you got to pull it and go somewhere else. So, players you wanted to recognize from the game. I thought Davis Pickett had a really good game offensive line-wise. They had a kid up there, number 31, who was a, was a straight terror. And David, Davis Pickett did a good job of stabilizing him, neutralizing him, matching his intensity. The offensive lineman, um, Davis Pickett, I'd say. Um, and defensively, uh, defensively, Braden Griswold had a solid game, um, just as far as doing his job, squeezing down when the, when the tackle's um, Veer blocked and, you know, just doing it. Braden Griswold did a good job up there. Um, so I'd say those two guys um, from the offense and from the defense. Well, let's talk about Bethel this week, uh, a team that has uh, long been one of the powerhouses of the conference. Your thoughts on this game? Well, first and foremost, it starts with um, arguably one of the one of the legends, one of the legends in Division Three at the head coach, Coach Johnson. Um, again, he does such a great job up there. You know, with the kind of kids he has, um, with the staff that he has, a lot of the guys on the staff are are former or former Royals. Um, but again, starts with the quarterback. Not facing the same kid. There was a kid that was up there for a long time. Um, uh, Rossi played against him for like five years. The kid that they have now playing Bolt, he's waited his turn. Um, really good football player, solid, big, strong. Another big running, a big, another big running quarterback. And this kid is bigger than the kid from. Concordia. Um, so we'll have our hands full and they will run him. You know, they're running back by committee, 26, 24, 27, all solid backs. They run hard. Um, their <laughs> offensive line is massive. There are a lot of, there are a lot of large humans up there and they're coached well. Their offensive line coach, I, f- I feel bad. I should know his name. He does a really good job with their O-line. I mean, their receivers are long, man. They're long. And, um, you know, Joey Kidder, I thought last year was, was the best, one of the best players in the league as a freshman. He's a sophomore this year. He's not getting the ball as much. Spread it out um, with the other two, um, the other two eligibles uh, that are really, really nice. Um, and then obviously on defense, Bethel. I've been here ten years. They've always had a top, a top ten defense in the country. I don't know if they're necessarily top ten. They're giving up fifteen points a game, so they're stout. They're good. They're well coached. They're fundamentally sound. They're going to give you some exotic looks up front um, for our offensive line. So we got to. We're going to have to have our thinking hats on this week, and we're going to have to cover people up and, and give Alejandro a little time. And we can't abandon the run. We can't go out there and throw the ball 60 times around the yard. That's not going to, that's not going to benefit the Piper. So we've got to put together a good game plan, and, got to, and more so got to go execute the game plan. So. Well, let's start about that Bethel offense first. Um, they've used their ground game a lot more than they have in the, when Jaron Rossi was there for them. And sure. so, I, you know, I look at this contest and think to myself that, the line of scrimmage may be the, the, the biggest part of this. So how, how do you feel that your defensive front really matches up against their offensive line? 
Um, when you're going to talk about on paper straight up, we do not match up well against them at all. So we got to do some things um, as far as moving a little bit, um, showing one thing, uh, showing one thing early, presenting another thing late before the ball is snapped. Not to say we're going to confuse them, but I mean, getting these guys thinking a little bit. If we just sit there, we're going to be sitting ducks. So, you know, our defensive coaches are putting together a game plan right now, but you're right, man. They are, they, they are utilizing the run game. And hey, everybody listening to this show knows why I like to run the ball. So. Their defense, 12 interceptions, seven fumble recoveries. I know you've been preaching to be careful with the ball, but I, I would think this week you've got to be especially careful with the ball. Yeah, that's one of our, our core values. Each, each, each week is a, is a different season, so this is the Bethel season, and we have to take care of the football in this season. So, um, knock on wood, we've been okay. I mean, we haven't just been, you know, uh, recklessly giving the ball away, but this is a game where we need to be, we could be plus one, plus two in the turnover margin, meaning us not turn the ball over, uh, or if we turn it over once, we, we get them to turn over three times, or we could be plus two um, in the turnover margin at the end of the day. We got a chance. So, Well, let's jump into fan questions this week, and we'll start with Joe, who says, Coach, I'm not looking to start any kind of controversy with you, but with the offense struggling over the last few weeks, has there been any thought about trying someone else at the quarterback position? Um, no, 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 no. That's that's on us as coaches um, to get Alejandro coached up. Man. He's our he's our best option um, right now. Um, again, and when you start talking about changing a quarterback, you got to start thinking about the dynamics of all of that. You know, we've just been facing some really tough defenses. The last two defenses have been tough to drop back because of the because of defensive lines play. And then, like we talked about the Augsburg week, man, they just did a good job of they doubled Charlie Wilson, and we didn't have him coached up enough on you know where else to go with the football. So. No, no, Alejandro's our guy, and, you know, he's got to work through this. He's got to work through his growing pains. So. Tom says, it seems like we are in most games until the half, but then teams are able to pull away in the second half or are able to come up with late scores to seal a victory. What do you think is missing for us in games that would help us to get more wins? Like, is it one or two additional players or something that would really help the team to be able to win more often? Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's a fair question. It's a combination of a couple of things. Um, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, like you said, 23, 14 and a half, um, the Augsburg game was what it was. I mean, we weren't, we weren't that far out of it um, at the half. We are in games in halftime, which I've been around here, and it hasn't been that necessarily that way. Um, it really comes down to your depth. You know, who who else can you put in the football game to, to, to create depth? So, again, right, that's, a, that's something that you got to handle in the offseason with recruiting. And then it's being able to stay laser laser focused, singly focused in for 60 minutes um, on your job and your assignment. You know, that's what it comes down to, man. Who can – who? and like I talked about on the show, more football games are lost than one. You know, Concordia on tape, they won the game, but we we literally gave them 28 points. You know, so that's a different ball game if, you know, you've got to make them earn those points, not just, you know, the ball goes over our head. So, um, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a lot that goes into it. Two questions for you from Henry. The first is, how do recruits respond to playing in a program that has not had a winning season in 30 years? Does that scare them off at all? Um, it just depends on the, the, how the recruit is built mentally. You know, you're not just – I know it's going to sound crazy, but, you know, you're not just coming for football. You're coming for the whole experience, man. Academically, does it fit you? Uh, geographically, does this place fit you? And then, you know, there is a piece of it that you can sell, like, hey, we're trying to get this thing to a point where we're having winning seasons. So we want to go be a part of that. You know, do you want to go be a part of that or do you want to go be 
you know, jump on the bandwagon of a place that's already winning. You know, and a lot of guys we get, and they want to change this thing, you know. So it's all about how you attack and how you approach, you know, the different, the different weeks. He'd also like to know how is recruiting going for next year? It's going good. It's going good. Um, as far as when I say it's going good, meaning, you know, from a standpoint of the kids we had on campus, um, it, football's a little different now. The, re- the recruiting cycle this year, for whatever reason, with financial aid changing a little bit. Um, and what I mean by that is they're not going to start looking at um, kids' uh, parents' FAFSAs um, until, like, December 1. So we're going to be a little bit later in this cycle. But we got a good crop of uh, 2024s that are really interested. And, you know, it's really important for us to put our best foot forward these last four weeks. Our buddy Andre returns, says, Coach, the Eagles finally dropped their first game of the season, but our Philadelphia Phillies look like they're headed for the World Series. Do you see them winning it all? Well, I was super excited. I got a chance to watch the Phillies last night. I'm um, going to get a chance to see if I can't get my work done and watch them tonight. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's electric. Like I told everybody on this show, it's always fun when the hometown team is um, – you know, playing well in the playoffs. I know Philadelphia is rocking right now. So uh, hopefully they keep winning. A big game tonight. Uh, we can go 2-0. Uh, that would be really that'd be huge. So Ken says, I know you're solely focused right now on your Hamlin Pipers, but when do you start paying attention to other sports? <laughs> Not until November 13th. <laughs> when the season's over, I can catch a breath and you know, maybe catch the end of Big Ten season, the end of the NFL season. Even then, you know, you were on the road recruiting, so it's like not like you're just sitting down and veg, veg, you know, being a vegetable in front of a TV for on a Saturday. You still got work to do in the off season, but that's when I really can, you know, be a be be a quote unquote normal person and watch some ball. Two questions for you from David. The first is, how do you try to help players that may be on the wrong pathway in their studies or in life in general? When it comes to their studies. You know, one thing I do is, you know, I, I, I personally go do class checks. You know, I think it's kind of cool when the head coach shows up and the professor's like, wow, you're the head coach and you're here and checking out on, on, on student A or student B. Um, you know, we give grade checks so they have things that they have to get back to us. Um, so just monitoring guys um, as far as their progress supports. And then just in life, you know, just have an honest conversation with them. That's one thing I'm really proud of with, you know, with my son who's 18. Man, just never sugarcoat anything with him. You know, never tried to be his friend. You know, just try to say, listen, this is the way it is. This is why this happened. If you do this, this will happen. Like, just don't sugarcoat things with people, man. Just be honest with them. He'd also like to know, he says, with so many different types of distractions out there, social media, the use of their phone everywhere that they're going, plus all the stuff that's going on, it seems like, in the news these days, what kinds of things do you think are the most common mistakes that a student will make that is sure to doom them to failure in their college careers? Well, absolutely. Procrastination and not going to class. That's, that's, the two rest of, that's what I've seen in the last 20 years. If you procrastinate, I mean, things are, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get overwhelming. If you don't go to class, it's going to get overwhelming, man. And the thing I'm learning with these professors now, which is, I don't, well, I, you know, I tried my best not to, I wasn't a good enough player to miss class. So I had to go to class. So, but I know I always did my work. And the thing I'm learning with these professors, they allow these kids to make work up, which I think is, I think is, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know what that's teaching these kids if they can miss the first two weeks of class and that the work that they miss in those first two weeks, they can make it up. So I don't know. It's very interesting to me. So I'm always on those guys about getting their work in and don't procrastinate. 
Yeah, you know, Coach, I, I have to tell you, I'm going to piggyback on that because um, I think that was one of the biggest mistakes that when I was working on my, district, my uh, doctorate degree is I had a couple of professors that told me at points, hey, we understand if you get behind a little bit, you got life going on and things are, you know, kind of going on and sometimes, you, you know, you might be a week or two late, but that's okay as long as you get the stuff done. But when you give me permission <laughs> like that, you know I'm going to be late. So, I mean, that's just a gimmick. Right, exactly. So, so. so, Jerry would like to know, are there Halloween traditions that you still follow? Uh, um, no, I'm not a big Halloween person. Um, but I, do, I, I will say this. I will, I will cut on a, a scary movie every now and again. You know, maybe like Halloween Part 1, Part 2. Like, those are actually some of the Michael Myers series. It's actually kind of cool, so... Well, that was a good lead-in, Coach, because Phil would like to know, what is a scary movie character that you still find kind of creepy? Mm. And Freddy Krueger, man, he was a he was a different dude, man. Like, that guy made you not want to go to sleep. <laughs> so I, Freddy Krueger, was, he was a little different. Um, probably Michael Myers was, you know, just, yeah, he was different too, man. So I'd probably say those two characters. So before asking the question, Trent wanted to make it clear that this was all in fun and he wasn't meaning to disparage anybody in any way. So he would like to know, who was a player on the team who you could see would be a great supervillain or an evil character in a movie? A great supervillain, a supervillain, a supervillain, a great supervillain. Man, Davis Pickett. He'd be all, Davis Pickett would be awesome. I don't know. He'd be awesome, though, man. I, I call him the Terminator. Man, he's shows up to practice every day. Never wants to get pulled out. Goes against the goes against the other team's best player all the time. Like he's he's definitely he definitely he's definitely the guy. <laughs> and our words of wisdom for this week, coach. You know what? I think it's it's kind of cool that I sent this out to our leadership group and just a couple other guys. Got no one. You got know, a tough losing streak, man. We're four games. We're four games of one, two, three. We're four games in it, man. You know we. I haven't found a way to get a win. You know, I just want to make sure you're keeping the group together. One thing I shared with them, man, I saw it says, um, losers assemble in little groups and complain about the coaches and the players and other and, and, and the players and other little groups. But winners assemble as a team. We're just trying to keep these dudes as a team, not to say that we've had any in road fighting. I just know just based off of my years of doing this, man, like, you know, when you're not having success, quote unquote, the scoreboard looking the way you want it on a, at the end of on a Saturday, it can be real easy to to, to fall apart. So we're trying to get these guys to stick together. Um, and, you know, like I said, we got a lot of ball left four more weeks. We're, we're in the, we're in the Bethel season last week and got to find a way to, 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 to come out on the opposite side of, of a win here. So. I like it. Coach Taylor, thanks for joining us this week. All right. Thanks for listening. Well, I'm honored to welcome Caleb, Caleb leaders to the show. So Caleb, thanks for joining me here. Yes. Thank you for having me. So to refresh fans' memories, Caleb, tell us a little bit about why Hamlin was the right right spot for you. Yeah, Hamlin University was the right spot for me, mainly because of the family aspect of the team. Um, just a lot of opportunity for myself to grow as a player, individual, as a teammate and a leader. Um, being able to come in and make an impact directly on the field and then also in the community has been a big part of why I love Hamlin and chose Hamlin. And then on top of that, just being able to most of my opportunities when they've been given to me. And what is your major at Hamlin? I am a business management and marketing major. And what would you like to do with that when you finally head out the door? 
hopefully the plan is to become a sports agent working under um, Team IFA or any other sports agencies in the area. Well, fantastic. So uh, you've been a, a very active member of Hamlin and their football team now for four years. So tell us a little bit about since your your arrival at Hamlin and playing for the Pipers for the very first time, you know, how do you feel that you personally have grown and the program itself has grown over that time? Um, yeah, so, I mean, personally I've grown in many different ways. I, I was recruited as a receiver, started out as a receiver here at Hamlin, then early on in my freshman year of playing, got moved to defensive back and kind of just never looked back from there. Um, growing with technique, coaching, uh, feeling myself to become more comfortable then the game comes more slowly to me and just understanding the idea of the Mayak, um, Mayak play as well as the team just overall just growth as a team is where, when it comes to maturity um, brotherhood and camaraderie all of those things uh, we've just grown especially this past year just with our mindset and how we attack games and how we push one, each, uh, one another to be the best selves so I'd say that's how I would state the growth from my four years being here how do you feel that the program itself has progressed over these last four years? I think we've become more competitive. Um, I'd say say sometimes it doesn't reflect on certain days, but this the growth from each individual player becoming their best selves. Um, you have players like Charlie Wilson, Zach Rebel, Evan Miller, the guys that are fifth years this year, just seeing the growth throughout the years has been a big, um, just a big change as well as being able to, put together good games and hopefully get right back on track here soon. You've been a guy that really has led that defense. Can you tell me a little bit about what um, your leadership style is? Yeah. Um, I'd say my leadership style is I don't want to always be the guy with the raw, raw speeches or anything, but I want to first of all be a leader that cares about the players on the field. Um, the truth is you need to trust everybody out there on the field, and we need everybody on this team um, day in and day out. I'd say the way I lead is just by doing the right things as well as just being there for uh, my teammates outside of football because um, you have life, you have school outside of that, and they need to be able to trust you in those things, and it makes it easier to play for them on the field. And on top of that, just doing being coachable um, and just always putting your best foot forward, having a good attitude about it, and I'm just leading by example, really, is how I'd, how I'd state it. Now, you've been a guy that Coach Taylor has really become to depend upon to be that guy coaching the team out on the field in the defensive group right there. So how do you feel like your relationship with Coach Taylor has really developed over these years? Yeah. Um, I'd say Coach Taylor, yeah, his, his and my relationship are unique. Um, just a guy that's always brought the best out of me. Um, kind of a coach that every player should want to play for. Um, he's a guy that you want in your corner. He always has your back. He's going to defend you. But he's also going to be the guy that's going to give you coaching points and he's going to look for the best out of you. He'll never up on your case, but he'll try to um, create ways to help you grow in ways that you won't even think at first. And then he's just always there. Like He'll correct you when you need correction, but he's also there to like make sure that you know that he depends on you. And he always has a phrase like, we're not going to put you out in a position to fail. And he always puts say the back end, especially in the best position to succeed and put us in situations where we can use our strengths um, for the best. A little bit of a tough stretch for the team right now, but you guys have had a lot of very competitive games this season. Um, what, what's Hamlin football been like for you this year? 
been a lot of growth, I'd say. Um, starting in the off season, we started um, as a leadership group. We started just IDing and kind of coming to the consensus that we need to start living in the present, um, worry about ourselves day in and day out, and kind of just stick within the group. Like those are the opinions, those are the voices that matter. The 73, 75 guys we have on this team right now, and just buying into one each other, one another, and making the most out of one another. Um, being able to use everybody and make roles for people and understanding the role that you have on this team, making the most of it. So just to say this year, the growth alone has been extremely exciting to see, and especially when it comes to the future of this, uh, this program and the guys on this team. I just love watching them grow as well as being able to go out there and play competitive Mayak ball. It's been, a, it's been an amazing thing to see, especially coming from two years ago where you can't really say the same thing have Bethel this week. What do you expect in this contest against the Warriors? Yeah, so, I mean, we're just focused on ourselves. We're going we're gonna to play our brand of football. We're not going to change who we are. We're not going to change our identity, especially on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to be technically and mechanically right when the ball is in the play, and we're not going to worry about what anything else is besides ourselves. We're going to do our job, and everything else should take care of itself. Now, I don't mean to look too far ahead, but you know, McAllister after that, that's always a big game. I know that you, you, you guys always see that as one of the biggest games of the year. So are we going to be bringing back that big trophy this year? Yes, sir. That's the plan. <laughs> well, Caleb, tell us, closing out here today, why is it great to be a Hamlin Piper? Oh, yeah, I love this question. It's always great to be a Hamlin Piper, uh, mainly because of the family and the community aspect. I get to watch guys grow up and become lifelong friends as well as just the community that is around you, everybody here wants you to succeed, players, professors, coaches, faculty. It's, it's just an amazing experience, and there's no better place to be in the Twin Cities than Hamlin University. I love that answer. Caleb Leaders, thanks for joining me this week. Yeah, thank you for joining